Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 277, covering Hunters and Prey, with Terry Drozdak. Hi, friends. We're back, and our, our pal Tidro is here with us again. Say Hi, hello. guys. Hello, Terrence. And, uh, was there, uh, real quick, was there any reason you picked this particular week, or was it just kind of a, like a dartboard thing? Uh, this one was pretty much a dartboard thing, but mm. I'm glad I picked this week. It was it's two good episodes. Yeah, I, I agree. Also, episodes that kind of complement each other. They have similar titles and they kind of similar themes. And, and they, they, they got that, that back and forth thing. They rhyme. Yeah, but not actually rhyme. Well, no, they don't actually. It's a metaphorical rhyme. Right. Not to be confused so with an actual rhyme that rhymes. I'm going to go right. sit on the lawn. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> this has been English 101 for self-haters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's that. there's a lot of what's that? I majored in that. <laughs> but did you finish? I majored in that until I dropped out. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So let, let's go ahead and get started with hunters. Uh, Tidro, take it away. Okay. The Voyager intercepts part of a garbled message from Starfleet, and some people, ugh, Harold think it means they're practically home already. The crew sets off to find the other bit of the message at a relay station belonging to those aliens that asked them really nicely last week not to use their relay stations. The crew find an abandoned ship nearby and beam over a dead alien. Well, just his skin, as his bones and muscles and guts are gone. They get near the re- relay and discover that the data stream is a bunch of letters from home and a secret coded message that only seven can decode. So I guess everybody just trusts the Borg now, okay? Okay. Janeway appoints the bar rodent to be the postal rodent because I guess they don't have email in space. Uh, Chuck gets a letter saying there are no more McKee. Tuvok is a grandpappy. Kate gets dumped. And Harold is upset because he hasn't gotten a note from his mummy yet. Seven and Tuvok have to go closer to the relay in a shuttle to stabilize the data stream. They get captured by some giant-ass shredder-faced aliens who take them to their murder basement to harvest their insides as trophies. Kate's not ready to give up so easily. She tries to use science to force a stalemate, but instead ends up triggering a black hole and barely gets her crew members back. Also, they they break the relays, so now they can't communicate with home anymore, but not before Harold gets a note, so he could really care less about that. The episode ends with an ode to coffee and a nice Kate Chuck Shipper moment. Now, you are a Kate Chuck Shipper, right? You want yeah, those two to I hook up? Yeah, I kind of am. I mean, uh, we, we I don't agree with that. I think they're cute but... together. Okay. I think they're cute together, and he's she's like the only person he actually engages with. I, that's true, that's but true. on the other hand, Chuck is so awful. He's an awful man. <laughs> I don't think he's awful. I think he's nothing. Yeah. The problem. If, yeah. He's if he were awful, that would be a personality. Awful. I mean, like, let's. We, we got a great episode right here to to analyze that. Like, this is the episode where uh, uh, Chuck and Bolana finally find out that the Maquis have all been basically wiped out. And while Bolana has a great, like, you know, I don't believe this. Like, all of our friends are dead. Chuck is just oh, like she straight up goes. She she straight up goes through all the stages of grief. Yeah, exactly. Whereas Chuck is just like, yeah, it's a huge inconvenience. I got to tell every fucking Maquis on the ship that they're all dead. Oh, oh God, no one yeah. has suffered as I have. Shut up, Chuck. <laughs> he did. He did leave the room when he got the letter. So I mean, oh well, that that was as much emotion. Yeah, that was as much emotion as he showed. Yep. That's emotion adjacent, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> I just like he's one of the he wasn't maybe the leader of all Maki, but he was the leader of a faction of Maki. Like yeah, he's a he, big, you know, he was high he's up. He's a in the pretty Maquis. big deal in the resistance. <laughs> so, like I feel like yeah, I feel like when he gets home, he's going to be surprised to find out he's not actually Starfleet. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe that's it. Maybe he's just convinced now that this is how everything has always been. I'm hoping as the I only yep, Maki left, this is just left, how it is. He'll have to stand trial for all of their crimes when he gets back. <laughs> hey, you're the only one. <laughs> yeah. Or you're the highest ranking one left. Yep. You're the so new you you're the king for... of the Maquis now. You have to uh Yeah. 
<laughs> we're giving you, you go to prison mi- forever. We're giving you eight million consecutive life sentences. Oh man! And you got to spend them shackled to Neelix. Oh man! Ugh. We're gonna have That's a great time, Mister Chicote. Gonna have a good time tonight. Ugh. Yeah, I, I he. You're right though. This, this episode is a good example of why we don't like him because there's no personality or charisma or anything there. Nope. Like this again, once once again, a really great chance to have a great like some great Chakotay stuff, and instead he's just like, hmm. But by rough. the end of the episode, he's hitting on the captain. Yep. So there's that, but uh, I, I, okay. he has his priorities in check. I guess that's so, true. Peter, let's hear. I don't, I don't mean to put you on the spot, and if you don't have anything, yeah. that doesn't mean your your argument is invalid. But do you have a defense for for him? A defense for him? Yeah, just like no. why you think because we all like her. We're all pretty much on the same page with her. Oh yeah. So why do you think he's the he's not he's terrible the and only good for one. Her? He's not, he, but he's like the only one that's even close. Okay, so you're not saying they belong together. You're saying she should settle with him. I'm saying for you know until they get home, maybe that's okay. Okay. I would rather see I, her I mean, with uh, uh, Tuvok, honestly. Yeah, but that won't. Happen. Oh Jesus! No, you wouldn't. Yeah, also, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> that would be horrible. Yeah, <laughs> that's their best. No, friends. it's just you because they're that. the. No, it's just because he's the only one that's even close to mm. being good enough for her on the ship. I and don't you know, he he's not really good enough for her. But he's kind. Of, he's not Mister Right. He's Mister Right now. That's so sad. Yeah, that's, that's not great. <laughs> Look, I'm all for, like, and, and we're really bearing the lead here, which is, you know, Mark, Kate's uh, boyfriend, fiance, were they were they engaged? They were serious. Uh, I, yeah, they were engaged. I believe they were engaged, although I didn't okay. find that out until this episode. I, maybe we didn't know until this, like, maybe this is the first time we've heard that, but we mm-hmm. knew they were fairly serious. Yeah. They were at least at, I care about your welfare when you go off into space serious, yep. which is, you know. They, not just this is the dude waiting for me. Yeah, What's up? They were co-puppy parents. Yeah, True. no, that's, yeah. that's a pretty there's big no, commitment. There's no greater responsibility. Yeah. So, exactly. like, they were they were fairly serious. And, like, to find out that he he held a, you know, like, held a torch for her for, like, a year mm-hmm. and then said, uh, okay, well, Starfleet has said these guys are probably dead. I got to move on with my life. Yep. And in the ensuing two or three years, like, it all happened over a long period of time. And it's not like he just said, fuck it and went with someone else. Like, it happened, you know, it, it was all a reasonable timeline, I think. Yeah. But he yeah. finally said, uh, I guess she's gone. I guess I need to move on. And now he's married and, like, shit, <laughs> you know, well, it sucks for her. But yeah. what did you expect, you know? No, I love where like three years was or uh, four years was really sort of the perfect amount of time for the uh, the Alpha Quadrant to find out they're still alive because it's exactly the yeah. amount of time you need to mourn and then just start to move on. Yeah, to accept it and then and then move on. Yeah, and it it didn't feel like he just said, "Well, I guess she's gone" because it's been two weeks. <laughs> like it, I am sure that yeah, I'm sure that Kate was not the only one that got that letter. Oh yeah. no. But because she's a character we're connected to, is much more powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of, you know, we say this all the time, but a lot of good acting from her. Like, a lot of, like, we don't, she doesn't verbally tell us what happened until, like, a couple acts later. Yeah. Like, she reads the letter and it's all in her face. And we all know exactly what happened. Oh, like, yeah. Ooh, that's, ooh, poor her. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was good stuff. Dear Kate, I have moved on. P.S. I have sold the puppies. Oh. You dick. That's even worse. <laughs> Also, he has a cat, and uh, if you if you read about it in Memory Alpha, the cat there's a link for the cat that that has its own. It doesn't have its full uh, Memory Alpha entry, but it appears in a long list of animals that are mentioned in Star Trek episodes. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, it's it's not an important Star Trek cat like Spot or the Cat's Paw Cat. Oh yeah, I was, I was like you said, and I'm like, what other cat are you thinking? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. that's fair. I can name three cats. Cat. I, I can name three Star Trek cats. Well, not not including Mark's cat. Can you name a third? <sighs> no, because I could easily name three Star Trek dogs. The cat. No, the cat. The cat that O'Brien. Oh yeah. Had. Oh shit. That's right. Okay. The, yeah. That yeah. cat. Yeah, the Keiko wanted him to get rid of. Yeah. Yes, there are four cats. In the Star cat Trek. that met with an met with an unfortunate accident two weeks after uh, O'Brien brought it home. I also have one that you guys are like a huge obvious one you guys are not thinking of. Mm. And that would be uh, Lieutenant Mress. Oh, yeah, I guess that counts. Yeah. 
She was totally a cat. Yep. I, I, Tidro, you probably didn't follow along <laughs> in the animated series. I remember you saying that. But, no, uh, I did not. The animated series was very painful to me, so fair I could enough. not. Yep. Well, there was a there was a cat humanoid uh, alien on the ship, voiced by Major Barrett. Who nice? She was a kitty lady. Yep. So she danced, 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 and she danced, danced, danced. Mm-hmm. She could never has cheeseburger, unfortunately. No, it's true. Aww. Maybe if they'd got a third season. Yeah. Uh, Tidro, uh, what was your good thing about this episode? Uh, my good thing. I think this is pretty... Okay, I just wrote... This is what I wrote. Seven and Tuvok continue to be super cute together. Oh, yeah. I have more thoughts about this, but I That's just your wrote thesis it very, statement. Now very support briefly. your thesis. <laughs> it's really interesting to me that Tuvok is able to explain humans to Seven a lot better than anyone else can, because he's not even human. Mm-hmm. But he understands how humans work, and he speaks logically, so he's able to get through to her much better than anybody else on the ship. And they're just really cute together. He's in that nice in-between area because he's been around them forever. His best friend is one. He understands humans, but he isn't one. Yeah. 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 No, and I I love... We've mentioned this before. I love that uh, Seven has sort of, like, attached herself to him as, like, the person on the ship she understands the most. Yeah, I was like, really worried with all that stuff in Year of Hell that that would just be an alternate future that never happened and they they wouldn't become friends anymore. Yeah. And I'm glad that they went ahead and did it anyway. Well, it just it makes so much sense for her to find the most like her person on the ship. And they also do some great contrasting with this in the next episode where the doctor's trying to teach her to be more human and it mm-hmm. doesn't take. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> Tuvok is so much better at it than the doctor because they, they both, like, they all have something in common, but uh, Tuvok's a little better at it. Mm-hmm. It's they have stuff. this really super cute conversation um, where, like, the, the captain won't let Seven go on this mission by herself. She goes, nope, we have to have two people on this mission. So Seven asks Tuvok, is this, does do, do you, does she not trust me? Yeah, or do, me? You, do I, does she really have to, you know, have two people? And he goes, we have to have two people. That doesn't give you any indication of how she actually feels about you. <laughs> right. No, it was it was good. It was great. I like it was great. Seven's got this thing, and we'll see we see this in both episodes really, but it comes up in this one. She's got this weird, like she really wants to please the captain. Like yeah. she's 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 overcome the I don't want to be any part of this thing, and now she's really working for Kate's approval, and yeah. it's really upsetting to her when she doesn't think she have has it. And we'll run. Well, it. she didn't have a mommy, so she doesn't understand. Right, and it's it's just interesting seeing her really wanting to please the captain but in the next episode we'll talk about it when we get there specifically but in general terms she there's a conflict where it's like i want to do this thing that the captain doesn't want me to do but on the other hand i don't want to lose her approval so now i'm conflicted because what's the right thing it's like it's it's just it's a good motivation i think it's like kate as the captain is like the new like borg voice that she's used to following but now she's, right. like, not attached yes. to it anymore, so now it's, like, it's a matter of her doing her best to, like, yeah, no, that's... But she has to voluntarily do it instead yeah. of, like, being compelled to do it. Yeah. Well, she so has to harder. interpret it, too. She doesn't yeah. have she doesn't have instantaneous understanding. Well, she has true. to interpret it, and now she's supposed to, they've, you know, told her she's supposed to think for herself and not just follow orders blindly. Right, yeah. which, Which again, we get more into in the next episode. Yeah, there's, yeah, that's explored very well in the next episode, mm-hmm. I would say. Yes. But yeah, no, yes. I, I I continue to really enjoy her uh her development like, yeah. as a character. Like we're not fully at she's just part of the family thing, but she we're not at that first step of nobody trusts her anymore yeah. either. Like it's 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 progressing along nicely, which I like. Almost everyone gets along her with her really well. Except so Bellana. It's yeah. kinda it's well yeah, except Bellana. No, we were talking which about the episode. Makes sense. We're talking about it's probably uh, about time Bellana and Seven had like a planet got crash landed on a planet and had to learn to work together. Yeah, exactly. Because maybe it's once like, uh, I get it. Yeah, maybe once Bellana's not pregnant anymore. You mean hiding behind like super obviously hiding behind counters and refrigerator boxes and toothpick sculptures? Yeah, <laughs> I love the Absolutely. idea of uh, them crash landing on a planet and Bellana has to spend the entire episode hiding behind a bush. <laughs> Now, what you do is you pin her under some wreckage so you can only see her from, like, you know, the chest up. There you go. <laughs> and, you know, it's like paper mache wreckage, so she's not actually, like, hurt. But you know. Right. <sighs> uh, Matt, what was your good thing? Uh, what did I go with in this one? Oh, just, yeah, there's some great character stuff in this. Like, just, uh, 
we got we talked we talked about this Kate uh, finding out that her, she's been dumped. Uh, Balana reacting to the Maquis dying, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, like I said, she went through the steps of grief. Like mm. she she didn't believe, like she was angry, and then she was in denial, and then she kind of accepted it. Like it, it was it was broadly like I'm I'm applying that very broadly. Yeah, but her like her reaction changed as time went on, and it was good, and and it culminated in a scene with with her in Paris that was quite nice. Yeah. No one else. Yeah, she was able to deal with all of her her crap and his crap too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so although she's in, kind of awesome. Although in fairness, she, he kind of shrugs off his crap. He's like, "Yeah, there's probably a letter from my dad coming, but I I, I like it here. I don't care yeah. about that guy." That was another it's, one. It's a nice like. Yeah, she kind of sees. She does see through that a little bit, though. I don't know that there's anything to see through. I think it was legit. Yeah. Oh no, I don't think that's legit. Oh, I do. I don't think so. I would not, I comple- not entirely. I completely buy this as Paris being all like, "Oh man, it's a huge load off my mind. I don't have to think about what my dad thinks of me anymore." And then suddenly the admiral finds a way to get a hold of him. And, Dear Tom. Oh boy. So you got lost in the Delta Quadrant. See, no, huh? I think it's his go. One more thing you're bad at. <laughs> they let you drive another lost, huh? What a shock. No, well, he does have it pretty good on the ship now. But this is the thing. I think it's still like as long as he doesn't have hope he doesn't have any disappointment so he's still like there's still part of him that wants his daddy to say yeah you did good of course there is but it's not but it's buried back there but i i legitimately believe him through the episode where people are like shouldn't you like like when harry's whining about not getting a letter the whole time and he's like but you're getting one and tom's like i don't care like i believe him i don't think he's trying to convince himself Uh i genuinely genuinely believe that he like has convinced himself it doesn't matter anymore. Mm. I do not believe him at all. Huh? Fair enough. <laughs> I feel like on this show there's no subtlety though. Like if if he was yeah, lying, if he it. was lying to himself, they would have paid it off by the end of the episode, and they didn't. So I don't know. I just don't think he. I, I don't. I I don't think he's as indifferent as you guys do. Fair enough. I don't know. I just from I, what I know, of Tom, I really like the idea of him preferring to be like you know he's got a good life here. You know, he's no, and, they, and they oh, said yeah. this early on, like in like season one, where he's like, I'm happier here. And I didn't buy it then, but I buy it now. No, it makes a lot of sense. Like, there's nothing for him back home except a shitty prison cell and a dad who thinks he's a screw up. Like, oh, it wasn't like- a cell. It was a field in New Zealand. But oh, yeah, that's I- right. I, for- <laughs> I forgot about the uh, the great resort prisons of Star Trek. Yeah, he that that's where he was. He was yeah. like out where they shot Lord of the Rings in the open, like beauty of New Zealand. <laughs> Mm-hmm. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't suffering. I mean, he couldn't leave, but apart from that, like, looked pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he was in minimum security. Yeah, he was fine. Um, yeah. but yeah, there were there were a lot of good character things. You're absolutely right. And uh, what was it? Oh, and Tuvok finding out he was a grandfather. Is it weird that I was more proud of uh, that I was more proud for him than when my cousin had her kid? <laughs> it's just like, oh, I don't know, Tuvok. Do you spend an hour a week dissecting what your what your cousin is doing? No, I moved away. Yeah, exactly. Whereas we talk about Tuvok all the time. Oh yeah, you know, you're inside his head way more than you are your cousin's. It's true. Thankfully, <laughs> uh, my good thing is kind of a. It sounds like a cop out, but it's not. Just it's the complete package. It's the like sometimes an episode has so many good pieces that I kind of want to praise that it all came together. And it's not that I didn't choose something. It's just that this is everything I want from this show. It's a continuation of things that happened before, like not not detailed serialization where if you miss the episode, you're fucked. They give you a they give you a recap. So you're good. But but it does continue on from what happened last week, which Mm -hmm. is the the uh, the alien, uh, uh, you know, communications thing. They push the overall status quo forward in that we've contacted home and now they've called us back. So, like, things are moving forward a little bit. Mm-hmm. There's a new enemy that's not exactly like anything we've seen before. They're a little goofy, but, they, you know, I give, like, I grade on a curve because they're not bumpy-headed aliens who are exactly like every alien we've ever seen. Like, there's there's something a little new about these guys, and I like them. And, like, again, they look kind of goofy, like, old-school Doctor Who guys, or, like, one of you said look like villains from a from an 80s cartoon or something yep. like that. Like, yeah, I, yeah, but... They, they don't look like the standard guys and that just, again, grading on a curve. That's so much, like, they're trying. They're really trying. And instead of making up mind-blowing magic bullshit where this week space makes us all crazy or turns us into stuff or whatever, they're playing within the established parameters and delivering a good mix of character stuff and actual tension. Like, it's mm-hmm. all 
all what I want from Star Trek and what I expected from this show actually happens in this episode. And it made me happy. Yeah. Like, more like this, it was please. Good, just, it was good Trek. Yeah, yeah, it was, which we don't get nearly enough on this show. It can t- Like, I tweeted about this earlier in the week when I was watching the episode. I don't get this. I've been enjoying a lot of Voyager lately. It's kind of nice. Yeah. It is, and I don't think it's going to last because I've heard from people that there's like a bump and then it goes back down again. But yeah, we'll but for right now, like, I'll take it. Like, I was not yeah. expecting any of Voyager to be good, and like, a lot of it has oh, been lately, so. Half of it at least has been good. It's yeah. just that one, that one season was horrible, but other than that, it's been a nice up and down, like, you know, mm-hmm. averaged out, not too bad. Yeah. So. If take out season three, it's been probably more good than bad at this point. Can we please take out season three? I Can we take season three behind the woodshed and go just go back put it in down? time? No, we're not going back in time. That's part of what was wrong with season three. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not going to say it was all a dream either for the same reasons. <laughs> no, I just like, I, th- like I said, there's certain expectations I had of the show when I heard of the premise. And this mm. is all like, it's dealing with the fact that they're far away. It's dealing with the fact that they're meeting aliens they haven't met before. And there's a lot of interpersonal character stuff. Yeah. happening. Like it's all, it's all good stuff. And there's really only one character's. Well, no, there's there's two, and actually that's uh, that's my good thing and Tidra's good thing. So Tidra, let's do yours first. Bad thing. Yes. Okay, my bad thing is the entire Voyager postal system. Seriously, they don't have email. Starfleet can send data from the Alpha Quadrant, but Voyager can't get it across their peddly little ship. And if not, and if they don't, that's fine. But why entrust the nosiest person on the ship to deliver the pads? And why wouldn't you lock those suckers somehow? Because you know Neelix read everybody's mail. Not just Tuvix. Every, um, Tuvox. Everybody's mail. So this is just, I know it's a plot device, but it's a really dumb plot device. And so dumb. It's a plot device to to uh, to make comedy possible, but it is not funny comedy. No, you could easily do this it's with emails, dumb. and instead it's a oh hey, it's me again. And we know we know email exists. We've seen like Picard read stuff on a screen mm-hmm. from Starfleet or whatever. Like that's a thing. Plus, by, behind the scenes, by this point in ninety seven or ninety eight, whenever this was, email existed in the real world, so yeah, the like, writers would have known what it was. Everyone was using it at that point. Like this is it's not a new thing. Yeah, so I mean, it's not even like we're expecting the writers to know how things work now. No, mm-hmm. no, no. This would have been a contemporary thing at this point. Yeah. So no, it yeah. it just enabled it, it was, the terrible comedy is all. It was just so Neelix could like disappoint people. Yep. Um, a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, I, don't I mean, know. it's just bad. I mean, he, he disappoints me every week. So, I to be disappointed, <laughs> you have to have expectations, and well, I, I mean, just expect I'm, him to be terrible. I'm disappointed that he's still alive. Okay, that's fair. He did die briefly, but then Seven brought him back. Yeah. I was disappointed in her for that. Every but, week I'm uh, disappointed no, was... that he hasn't died and buried in a pauper's grave. <laughs> yeah, we decided we want to go back in time and throw him in one of those mass graves that you had, like, during the plague. Yeah, like a plague pit. I I still think yeah. that's a bit much. No. That's a bit much. No. <laughs> if anything, I, actually, I'm being too lenient. Uh, yeah. A pauper's grave means ultimate, that he has uh, a grave. I made the ultimate uh, uh, observation about Neelix, which is he's worse than Rom. Yep. And in, in my book, that is like, there's no, like, he's worse than Chekhov. Yep. Like, there's no worse than that. That is the bottom. I mean, Rom had a season where he was okay. No, he had like an episode that he was okay, but he, no. he was okay at some point. Neelix was never okay. No. Well, uh, no, remember, we, let's go back to that first episode when we're like, eh, Neelix is fine. I guess, well, yeah, no, what we said was, I don't get why everyone hates him. Yep, and then we, we got never it. liked him. Yeah. I'm going to jump to my bad thing, just because this is a, th- a theme of we liked all the characters except Harold, mm-hmm. and I'm sorry to insult him in front of his girlfriend, but Harold is getting worse and worse every week. We've been saying that for a while. His pouting throughout this episode because he didn't get a letter from his mommy was yeah. so tedious. Ugh, it's and just... I wish he wouldn't make it so easy for you guys to make fun of him. <laughs> I uh, Hey, again, like the Chakotay thing, defend him. Like, tell us what we're missing. Tell us why he, we shouldn't hate him. 
Um, I don't remember yet. Again, again, putting you on the spot. I don't want to, I like, I get that this isn't the ideal. I know when he does something cool, I will point it out. But I mean, I think he's just fine normally. Like you're, you're I think he's, I, I think he is like the butt boy character of the show. They need to have somebody on the care on the show that they can just throw all the dumb crap at. Why not Neelix? He deserves it. (laughs) Yeah, but he's the comic relief. He's not the, he's not the screw up. He's not the teen heartthrob. You you compared Harry to uh, Xander from Buffy, and Xander from Buffy yes. was also the comic relief, so that made him more bearable because he could uh, grumble okay. sarcastically about all the stuff he had to do. Yeah, and he he was yeah. aware of it, and he could make jokes about it, and he knew he was useless, and that made it okay. Whereas Harry is so fucking earnest, and he's he he believes that he's a special boy, and he's so sad when things don't go his way, and like ah. <laughs> bugs me shut up special boy he was very bad in this episode there's been a couple episodes where i'm like yeah if i only watched these two episodes then i would hate harry too Mm -hmm. but i remember liking him a lot and i'm sure it wasn't just because of his floppy hair so far that is the only argument you have i'm just like we can put that we can get a floppy hair wig we'll put it on uh we'll put it on chakotay uh no. Ew, no. It raises level up by like two points oh come on wait a minute that's the captain's boyfriend why would you say ew Okay, I. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just using your own arguments against you here. Yes, I see that. Uh, I, I need to practice. I need to practice debating before I come. No, no, no. Again, I'm not. Um, I, I, I'm not trying to debate. I do really just like the whole point of having other people on is because Matt and I are kind of entrenched in our opinions, and we'd love to hear, yeah, other takes on this. And and if if putting you on the spot, if you don't have it, think about it. Write in. Actually, you're going to be there when we record the next supplemental. So mm-hmm. if you want to like get a little something together before then, that would be all right. Oh, okay. In defense of Harry Kim, we will we will absolutely hear it and put it out to the people cuz you know, our opinions aren't the only I, opinions. I should probably write a poem. Uh, you should definitely Then you'll have write to read the poem. Cuz you'll be there, you'll have to perform it yourself. So bear that in mind. Of course. Oh, of course. Okay. Of course. Fair enough. Uh Matt, what was your bad thing? Um, oh, yeah, no, you were talking about the bad guys earlier, and I'm just, if they're going to be reoccurring, I really hope that they're, that they, um, they move on a bit from, uh, just being ripoffs of Predator. Yeah. They're very, very Predator, but they can talk, which means that they can complain. Uh, but, like, I don't know, Star Trek hasn't done much of this. Like, they shouldn't, like, they shouldn't just be Predator for, like, a season, that's true. But no. one episode or two episodes, yeah. that's okay, like... I don't mind when they borrow from other stuff a little bit. No, I'm just saying it, l- no. if they're going to keep coming back, which from what's apparently what's happening next week on the sh- on the show, they will be. Like, yeah, I they're in the more, next I episode want, and they're in the next pair of episodes. So yeah. I want them to be more than just like hunter guys. Well, right now they kind of remind me of the Klingons, but they went in a different direction with them. Yeah. So I they, I don't know. Like I said, I again grading on a curve, but I I don't dislike them so far. They are kind of one note though. Yeah. That's basically what I'm like saying they, is they're fine right uh, now. They need but some depth. They, okay. Yeah. If we're going to keep them around, they can't just be Predator. Because I can just that's go fair. watch Predator. It's a pretty good movie. Yeah, that's true. Or Predator 2 with Danny Glover, which is a less good movie, but has Danny Glover. Right. What about Predators? <laughs> Pre- I haven't seen Predators yet. Actually, that's what I should yeah, go I mean, watch. I haven't seen it. Robert Rodriguez doing enough. a Predator movie. I, I heard it was, uh, like, underwhelming, but I, I didn't see it, so I don't know. You seen that movie? What's called Predator? <laughs> damn, damn dreamcake. <laughs> uh, so what else? Um, let's have a look at my notes. Those are <laughs> goods and bads things. Matt wrote a song about his notes. No, you didn't. I d- Go ahead. I just have a, a note here that says continuity with like 80 question marks. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, it keeps surprising me when they do it. It's amazing. I don't, it's again, so I don't need an intricately plotted thing, but acknowledging what happened last week and building on that is nice. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I prefer intricately plotted. Let's be clear. That's my favorite thing. But I know yeah. they're not going to do that in the mid 90s on, on syndicated show. Like, that's fine. No. I also have a note that says Tuvok is going to need an extra Neelix strangling session in the holodeck after having his personal email read. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that is true. And he's already up to five a day, yeah. so, like... Yeah. <laughs> two, two. There's Junior Crewman who can't get in the holodeck anymore just because it's booked. Yeah. Like, Tuesday Tuvok is just strangle day. 
Tuvok, where have you been recently? I don't see you as much anymore. Yeah, just any time you're off hours, you're somewhere. Yes, I'm off strangling Neelix. That, that Why are you taking metaphor? off those fancy leather gloves? Well, these are my strangling gloves. Yeah, my strangle gloves. <laughs> yep. Um, I love the empty sack of alien that they beam aboard. <laughs> this is so great. And, like, the whole concept, I, I, I loved, uh, yes, I love the skin. They're just, here's a skin. They just found a skin. You think they'd want to keep the skin. I would. Yeah. I, I don't you know. Think like, that would be a good trophy. The trophies I, apparently are skeletons. Like yeah. they, when we when yeah. we're on their ship in this episode and the next one, there's a lot of bones around. Yep. In their murder basement, in their '90s serial killer murder basement, with like ship. their eighty-five right. knives on the wall and chains hanging from the it's, ceiling. It's, yep. It's chains dangling. And the yeah. giant and, spiking. And, and the, oh, and the bondage. Go ahead. The bond and the bondage gear. Oh, well, this man. Is, again, next episode. We'll get to that in a sec. But next Oh, no, no. This is this. Okay. Is yeah, this, no, that's this. That's this, this no, it's the, the next one. They bondage yeah. the oh, it is. shit okay. out of Seven yeah. and, uh, and Tuvok. In fairness, they're both in the same outfit. They didn't, like, give her a sexier one. But it it fit her a little differently. Yeah. So. Also, yeah. I noticed that their yeah. legs are tied together. Like, you don't ever see them moving around. But I noticed their legs are tied together. I'm like, do they just hopping everywhere? <laughs> Because <laughs> that's been tied together, so they have to do like the three-legged race thing. That would be awesome. the The planet of the the planet of the uh, of the picnic games, people. Yeah. Oh, also, we we mentioned this very briefly. I think Tidra said this in her summary, but like the the, the whole idea that the relay station they're at is uh, run like powered by a singularity mm-hmm. is a cool idea. Like, there's yeah. a black hole powering it. Uh, but but everyone acts like they've never seen this before, and that's how Romulan ships work. We've seen yeah. that. And I, I, it's it's one of those things where I don't care, whatever. But it's no, but still it, a cool it is, idea. And I, it is something that, like the same thing happened to me. It's like, well, I've never heard of that before, and I just like yes, you have. Well, maybe they don't like. Yeah, but maybe these guys don't. It know was Romulus. a really, really, really old technology. Mm. The thing is, the space station, the, the relay station, was like, what they say, like thousands of years old. Yeah. yeah. So they've known how to do this for a long time. So maybe it wasn't the technology itself, but how long they've had it mm. that was interesting. It could be. In any case, it's a cool idea, and it was a cool idea the first time we saw it. It's still a cool idea. Just like, like this yeah. is the most powerful naturally occurring thing in space that we know of. Let's harness its energy for our purposes. That's cool. I feel like these aliens wouldn't have the scientific technology to do that anymore since they are basically space wolves. I was thinking about I, that and about how, like, you know, maybe they, like, they had all this technology, and once they sort of pinnacled their society, it's like, all right, let's just go hunt people now. That'll be everything I, we do. <laughs> that that makes more sense because otherwise you're running into the whole thing we've debated about Klingons forever, which is how does Kling how to Klingon science? Yeah, because if they're all about <laughs> warrior crap all the time, then when do they have time to invent warp drive? Like you know, there must be guys who aren't like, like a, that. I want to see a Klingon in a little white lab coat. I, we we discussed this like a long long time ago. I don't expect you to yeah. remember it, but I'm saying we yeah. we have discussed it before. Like. Picturing yeah. the infrastructure, like the the people who must exist. I, I think we we came up with this when we were talking about the Klingon uh, lawyer in the yeah. on DS Nine episode, where it's like, yeah, there's yeah. there must be like other guys who treat their vocations like 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 it's a conquering thing. Like yeah. I have conquered the forces of nature and invented warp drive. That must be how yeah. they look at it, kind of thing. It's like right? a very like, like competitive. It's a very competitive uh, research too. Yeah. No, like the Klingon lawyer was all about, like, I must win and my field of battle is the courtroom. Yeah, like, that I love cool. that guy. What a great yeah, character. Yeah, me too. Yep. All right. Uh, are we ready to press on? I think so. Like, like, yes. like Lee Nails. Um, Tidra, you got a quote for us? I have a quote, and it is um, a conversation where Balana is teasing Harold about his crush. Hi. Hi. I thought Seven was working in here. She's gone with Tuvok to shore up the station's confinement field. Taken over for her. Disappointed? Of course not. Would you stop that? I've told you there's nothing between us. I know there's nothing between you. It's purely a one-way attraction. Uh, that's another thing they need to drop already. Uh-huh. I feel like she <laughs> cock-blocked him, you know, ten episodes ago, and he's still... Like, it's not going to happen, Harry. Let it go. Yeah, you had your... That's what really bugs me, is you had your chance. Yeah, she just, like, like yep. dropped trowel and said, all right, do it. 
Yeah. And he's like, oh, I can't. I'm scared. I'm a little baby. <laughs> this is not how I expected <laughs> to lose my virginity. <laughs> At age 27. Yep. All right. Let us now press forward because we got to pray just to make it today. <laughs> All right. That's so Voyager. Hammer song. All right. So Voyager stumbles upon a fucked up predator ship with only one life side aboard. And Janeway thinks it's a great idea to beam the fellow aboard and help him out. I get that her plan is to patch this asshole up and then maybe the Predators will all like us, but Seven thinks it's a terrible idea, and quite frankly, I agree. But humanity and compassion and blah, blah, blah. So they beam this dude aboard and accidentally pick up the alien that he was versusing. Specifically, it's a member of species 8675309, which the Predator, whom I will call Willie to identify him, identifies as the ultimate prey because of its three necks. Imagine how good that head will look up, on the, up over the fire. Reasoning that the enemy of my enemy is the ideal guy to help me kill bigger jaws, the crew teams up with Willie, and then we, and then everyone suits up in cool spacesuits, and they all go on bug hunts, man. They eventually find Species Guy, whom I will refer to as Cory, and Tuvok discovers he's wounded and wants to go home. Kate resolves to send Cory back to fluidic space, which pisses off Willie no end. See, Willie's got six other Predator ships that are on their way to Voyager, and if Willie doesn't have Cory when they arrive, they're gonna fuck up Voyager no end. Janeway is ready to stand and fight, but then Seven takes control and beams both Willie and Corey over to the Predator ships, where there'll be no trouble at all. Wow, that's a that's a deep one. Mm-hmm. Haven't done <laughs> that in a while. It's been a long time. It has. No, and I feel like we mm-hmm. definitely need to keep that one alive. So, yep. uh, well done, you. I just I got to the end. and I'm like, and then and then Seven beamed them over to the alien ship, where there'll be no trouble at all. Damn it! Yeah, that just, that just <laughs> auto completes at this point. Yep. Like, I'm surprised the Google Doc we keep the show notes in doesn't just autocomplete that when you're yep. like, it looks like you're trying to wrap up a summary. Is this helpful? <laughs> Thanks, Clippy. Little, little Tribble Clippy. He's in the shape of a Star Trek uh, badge. Oh, no, I picture him as a Tribble, and, and if you let it stay on the screen too long, the screen fills up with Tribbles. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I had that screensaver. That would be a pretty good, it's like the uh, the 3D pipes, only it would be uh, Tribbles. Yeah. Like it starts with a couple and it ends up filling the screen. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Where was that in 1998? Some, I don't know. And then some flying toasters. Yeah. Actually, thinking of it, like there's those white noise generators that sound like the interior of a ship. I wonder if there's white noise generators of like a triple purring. Oh, that's not a bad, uh, that's not a bad <laughs> idea at all. Just like. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's supposed to be very soothing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it, the actual sound effect they used was, but in in universe, it's supposed to be very soothing. Mm-hmm. I think they actually do have cat purring ones, so why not triple purring ones? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But yeah, this episode also good. Like, whereas the first one was kind of predator, this one was kind of alien. Yeah, I'm a big and fan of any time people chase a monster through a spaceship. I, they've all done them. Like, yep. like DS9 had the one where they're chasing the changeling through the Defiant, and that was also a great episode. Yep. Hell, Red Dwarf like did it. It was a good episode. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't want every single like episode to be ripped off from something. But from time to time, if a sci-fi show borrows from a great sci-fi movie, that that's okay. Yeah, I'm all right with that. And uh, also, we got Tony Todd, which yes, great. <laughs> Why won't you kill Candyman? Why won't you kill yeah, me, brother? That that's your that's your go-to Tony Todd reference is Candyman, not the other Star Trek roles that he did. Like, Correct. Like the brother of a main character or the old version of another main character. But no, Candyman. I, I like horror movies and I'm from the 90s. I'm not, I'm not so. saying you're wrong to like Candyman. <laughs> I'm saying that reference may not be the best context for this Star Trek show is all I'm saying. I just, every time I hear Tony Todd and no, Candyman, I want to see I him like play Candyman. Willy Wonka. <laughs> Candyman can. I just imagine how terrifying that would be. You stole fizzy lifting drink. Okay, I, but would it be more terrifying you, than the boat ride with uh, Gene Wilder, though? There's no earthly oh, way Jesus. of knowing. Yeah, it would be okay, more terrifying. You break even there. I don't yeah. think there's much more terrifying than that. But. The rowers keep on rowing. And there's no sign they are slow. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. The Let's fires of movie. hell are glowing. <laughs> the fuck was that Way doing in that Johnny movie? Depp. I don't know. May he rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> hey. 
But no, Tony Todd, I was reading, like, the, the makeup and the outfit he was in was apparently very, very difficult. Like, more than, you know, the Klingon makeup he wore as Kern. Oh, and, it certainly like, looks like He's like... Yeah, he's like this was this was a huge pain in the ass when I had to when I had to go to the bathroom. They uh, I needed like half an hour notice for them to get me out of the thing. <laughs> it was a huge pain in the ass. He's like, but I really wanted to be on all three modern Star Trek shows, so totally worth it. Yep, and I I really like that. I really respect that. Mm-hmm. Like, aw, he likes Star that's Trek. awesome. He wants to be part of it. That's so cool. And he's great. Like if you want a big, scary, imposing guy with a with a imposing physical presence and a great voice, like you can't do much better than him. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Did like, did he ever? Do we know if he ever made it to Enterprise? I don't know. Get that last one. Could be. I don't know. Like mm. this. This quote was from the time. So at yeah. the time, there would have only been three Star Trek shows. So right. I, well, I'm not I hope sure. he. I hope he got on Enterprise then. I yeah. I mean, that's one of the things. Like on a show where I'm not anticipating enjoying it. Like looking forward to good guest stars is something. Yep. Like I know we got some Jeffrey Combs to look forward to. So. Oh yeah. No, he can play old Jake who went back in time. <laughs> no, he, he play like uh, grand grandpap, great grandpappy Cisco. Yeah, there you go. Because that's that's how that works. Brent Spiner played one of Soong's ancestors, so you know. Or hell, Worf, Worf's Worf's uncle. Yeah, Worf's great great grandfather, also named Worf. Yes, it's a long line of Worfs. Yep. Anyway. No, Each is, more I, vacationing I than the last. <laughs> just the the next the next generation of wharfs is just born on Risa, never leaves. Yep. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I really enjoyed this episode. Yeah, it, uh, sounded like uh, you did too, Matt. Uh, Tidro, you as well. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Cool. It was fun. Excellent. The 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 CG alien kind of brought me out of it a little. I mean, but it was good. It was good at the time, but it's pretty cheesy now. It's, you know, it's like when you watch the original series and you see the Horda or something. Yeah. Or like the Gorn. Like the that guy, It's a guy in yeah. a rubber suit. That looks dumb, but yeah. it's still cool. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. again, grading on a curve, you give them credit for trying something different. It's mm-hmm. not bumpy-headed aliens, so they're trying. You know? and, I, I, yeah. and I will say this. The, he looked cool. The, the, the space CGI stuff looks amazing. Oh yeah, all the ships and they're like they're yeah. flying oh, into. Yeah, yeah. They're not just in like black space with white stars. Like they're doing cool nebula stuff and like weird, you know, just like space snot. Yeah. You know, like th- it looks good. The the we didn't mention this, but in yeah. the opening of the last episode, the opening of the last episode is just like shots of nebulas that are just gorgeous. Yeah, no, there's so much more of that now, which is yeah. nice. And actually, there's some cool stuff with the uh, the 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 alien uh, species. <laughs> Um, where he's on the outside of the hull. Yeah. Like those things can breathe in space. He's just walking around on the ship and they do some cool exterior shots of of that. Yeah, it looks great. That didn't look too bad. It was when he was in the corridor with him that it didn't look. It's it's putting them into like real, like a real environment. Yeah, when you expect, yeah, when you, when you're expected to believe that a person is coexisting with the CG element, it doesn't really work. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean... Whether or not, like most people don't like the movie, I understand that. But you gotta, you gotta acknowledge that the Star Wars Episode One kind of pushed the envelope forward, and even that, like that was ninety nine, that was the best they could do, and mm-hmm. it still hasn't aged well. Like, yeah, that was spending yeah. all the money on CG characters, and it still didn't look right yet. <laughs> it, it took a while, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah, like they're anyway. just now um, making that work with that. Uh, well, yeah, not I would just say now, in the last like, five or ten years. Like I think Avatar, much as I fucking hate that piece of shit. <laughs> um, really finally sort of nailed it. I mean, you know, there's, and then you got guys like Abrams who in the uh, Star Trek movies and also in uh, Force Awakens, like did good mixes of both. Oh, yeah. Times. Yeah. If, you, if, you're, if your alien character isn't entirely CG, but like you have a rubber arm that's kind of cleaned up with a little extra CG, then, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that makes it better. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Tidro, what was your actual good thing for this episode? Good thing. Actual conflict between crew members that doesn't resolve before the end of the episode? Gene would be spinning in his grave. That's fantastic. (laughs) I'm sorry, there is so much, there is like so much conflict. There was conflict everywhere and it didn't, you know, finish. Well, I I assume you're talking about Like it's not all wrapped up in a bow. I assume you're talking about the primary conflict between Seven and the Captain. Is there other stuff as well that you 
that you mean, or just that? Well, I mean that, and they 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 didn't make friends with the aliens or get killed by the aliens or kill the aliens. They're, the aliens are still out yeah, there. There's right. still gonna be a problem. You know, there's still conflict. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, but but you know, mostly the crew member conflict was kind of a kind of. Really, really cool to see. I personally, like, I, I agree. I love ending the episode with, uh, now I don't trust you as much as I used to. Yeah. But I'm concerned that next week we'll forget that. And if that's the case, then it doesn't really count. You know what I mean? Because it only, it only works if it, yeah. if it, if it keeps on, you know? Yeah. yeah. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. Right, you know, at that, at, yeah. No, um. That... She should have to, you know, earn that trust back. Yeah, absolutely. No, that was my good thing too. I fucking love that. Seven just gives this dude over to the fucking Predator people. I didn't see that coming, and I absolutely should have. It was fucking fantastic. They spend, the whole episode is about everyone trying to teach Seven about compassion. You know, like mm-hmm. the the opening with the doctor trying to make her bedside manner better. Um, there's a whole conversation where Kate's just like, no, compassion is what, like, people do. You know, you you try and make things better for another person. And I'm like, okay, I see where this is going. She's going to, at the end of the episode, she'll turn around and she'll help the monster out. No. Yeah, she'll learn the lesson that we established in the teaser. No, that did not happen at all. She fucking no. leaves this guy, she beams this guy over where he will be fucking tortured to death. And, it will be no trouble at all. Yeah, exactly. It's fucking great. No, it's, we've mentioned this before. We like when characters, even if we disagree with what they think, it, when they stick to their guns. Like, it was uh, the, the next-gen episode where Worf, if he didn't donate blood to a Romulan, would die. And he's like, no. And everyone wanted him to do it, and he didn't, and the Romulan died. Yep. And uh, DS9 did it a few times, particularly with Garrick, where it was like, okay, Garrick can't be that much of an asshole. No, he is. No, he absolutely is. He's Garrick. And we like that. Like, yeah. we like when characters have a moral stance and stick to it regardless of, like... It doesn't make for the neat ending. Mm-hmm. It it makes for some ugly conflict, and that makes better drama, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And also, it's just fun to see Seven going, kill it, kill it, kill it, kill oh, it, kill it. Was, Kate's like, she no. was freaked the fuck out. Oh, man. That was so cool, too. Just like <laughs> the... the like, cause yeah, we spent the better part of this season establishing that she's fearless, and then yeah. now we see the thing she's scared of. Yeah, no, and Species A should absolutely be the thing. Like, they fucking shredded the Borg back when she first showed up. Yeah. And, and the Borg maybe aren't scared exactly, but she's had enough human, like, her human glands are pumping out, you know, human fear juice long yeah. enough that she is scared. Delicious human fear yes. juice. And Seven has. Yep. Yeah. Seven has no idea why Kate is treating this horrible monster alien like a like a sick puppy. Yeah. yeah. No, and but Kate's like Kate's uh, uh, perspective is totally relatable to us as Star Trek as longtime Star Trek viewers. Mm-hmm. That is the quintessential yeah. Oh, yeah. Star Trek captain. Like the alien might not. It might just be a misunderstanding, and we should try to communicate with yeah. it, and we should try to help it, and let's not just shoot it. Like every captain after Kirk has been like that. Yeah. Got to make that exception, but everyone else has been like that. Oh yeah. I mean, when Spock was in charge, he would have done. You try to thing. learn. You don't try to just kill everything. Yeah. You definitely don't send it back to someone who you know will torture it to death. Yeah. No, it was. It was and fantastic. you know this and because it was torturing your guys to death last week. Yeah. It was no, and, and again, seven, it's a... <laughs> seven. They were torturing you last week. You know exactly what's going to happen to this guy. Yeah, I know. He deserves it. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it's not going to kill me now, so there's that. No, and it's a nice continuation of her arc of, like, it's ups and downs. It's not just progress toward being trustworthy. It's yeah. now here's a, like, here's a bump in the road, and mm-hmm. it's not all just up and up. Now it's down again. You know? Yes. And I like that. Also, I think that it was a funny scene at the beginning, and actually, Matt, this was your quote, right? Yes, the, so we the can stuff just, with her and the doctor? Yeah, we'll just play this now. Thank you. I'm sorry, did that hurt? I'll try to be more careful. Thanks for being a patient patient. Have a pleasant afternoon. This is absurd. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was that was that was good character stuff and it, it was funny, mm-hmm. but it was also a good contrast between what happens later because let's do a light moment with this character that's going to have a super dark moment. Yeah. But also I thought it was a nice contrast with what we talked about with the previous episode with her and Tuvok. Like here's Tuvok explaining how to to deal with humans. Now here's the doctor doing it. One of mm. them got through. The other one did not. Yeah. Correct. I like that. 
Like it's a nice. That was funny. Yeah. Uh, this this episode, I, I'm just gonna go into my good thing. Braga wrote this one. Braga, my sworn enemy, <laughs> like the guy that I look to the heavens and shake my fist and yell his name more than anyone. It is true. I've seen you do it. Straight up, good episode. Not good for Braga. Good for Voyager. But good. Like, and really, my good thing is the same as last episode because this happens so rarely. I like to call it out, which mm-hmm. is. All the elements came together. All the stuff I want in a Star Trek episode happened. Like, it wasn't just, okay, good character stuff, but not good conflict. Or good character stuff, but a dumb alien. Or yeah. go- what, what they did, again, they built on stuff from before. Okay, here's spe- Species 8, 8, 8, 8. And, like, they were scary before, but now we do the Star Trek thing where maybe they're not so scary. Maybe there's something relatable about them, but now the new scary guys are in here, too. And it was just a good... Let's take all the pieces we have and build something new out of it. Mm. And I, that's my favorite thing in Star Trek is when you take existing elements of of the you know of the story and you build something new out of it rather than doing the same old crap. And I just I really liked it. Yeah, so good. And you know, yeah. good job, Brannon. I hate yeah. to say it, but good 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 job. I've agreed <laughs> with you several times in the last few weeks, and I don't understand what's happening. Yeah. How are we here? Yeah. Matt, what was your good thing? I said my good thing. Did you? Yeah, they gave... Oh, so you did. So you did. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. We usually go through them in order, and I thought I had skipped you. Well, I did. It was similar to Tedro, so I just hopped on then. Ah, very well. Um, Bad things then. Tedro, what do you got? Okay, I know you don't agree with me on this one, but I really didn't like how they did the telepathy between species number Wang and Tuvok. Because <laughs> I thought it was really inconsistent. Uh, it doesn't happen until, like, more than halfway through the episode. It happens once. And then, like, you know, if you have a person on your ship that can talk to the hostile alien, maybe keep him near the hostile alien. Or see if the other Vulcan can, too. But it just, it doesn't really work for mm-hmm. me it's so you think it, it just kind of enabled the plot and didn't really make sense yeah it was just dumb and there needed to be more of it or less of it that's fair it was just this weird halfway little throwaway nothing thing i was i was thinking about this so, um i didn't care for that it might have worked better if uh they did a mind melt you know which well, is the thing he couldn't touch the yeah. thing no i know yeah, otherwise i get you like, you can't just have him wander over there and, like, put his hand on a thing that's not there. But, like, right. I, I think it would have worked better for the, the episode. It's definitely a thing yeah. I know Tuvok can do. Well, and what I think they were trying to do, and I, I, honestly, Tito, you kind of made a, 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 you know, a good enough case that I kind of see where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you convince yeah. me now, and I don't like the episode anymore, so <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. I, I, yes. I get it's a valid criticism. It's a totally valid criticism. I, I, what I liked was that it was building on the thing that happened with Kess. Only Kess was developing like crazy, advanced, like more sensitive powers. So it only worked in close proximity with Tuvok. But you're right. Like looking at it, like looking at it in more detail, it wasn't just that they were in close proximity. It was that it just happened to happen at that one time. And mm-hmm. yeah, okay, fair point. I sorry, yeah. you just you also completely derailed me by calling them species number wang, which now I just want to call them. <laughs> That's the best. That is the best. That's much better than oh, I started calling them species eight zero zero eight five because that that spells boobs. <laughs> but yours is so much better. Wang beats boobs every time. It's true. That's the rule of our society. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> um, Matt, what was your bad thing? Uh, well, they put on some spacesuits. I was hoping that they would go out onto the ship. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't. I was disappointed. That's all. <laughs> I was hard. I well, liked this episode been. a lot. It could have been like the, the bit in uh, First Contact where mm-hmm. you got a scary enemy out on the hull that doesn't need to breathe. Yeah. And you have to put on your, your suits with your magnet boots and go out there and fight them. But uh, they didn't do that. Mm-hmm. No. Um, and also Terrence uh, mentioned this while we were watching the episode. Not everyone seems to know, remember that they have magnet boots. Yeah. Some of the actors like do the physical stuff involved and some eh, not, not so. I made a space suit. Doot, doot, doot. Yeah. No. And actually I like the sound <laughs> design because they, they 
the magnets make a little noise every time they reconnect yep. with the with the floor, which was cool. Yeah, that was seven is great at it. Remembering Chuck is not. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was seven and Tuvok in one team, and then uh, Chuck and yeah. Tom in the other, and it was like. That was a dumb team. That was a dumb team up yep. because you have like obviously like the awesome team and then the sucky now, let's team. Let's match up the two actors who are both good at acting and really care about the show and then these other two guys. Well, just in terms of physical prowess too yeah. because um, Seven and Tuvok are both stronger. Mm-hmm. That's, that's true. Uh, but, you know, oh. Chuck is a hunter because the Indians. No, he perceives Chuck time de- as Chuck a hunter. Chuck described this alien. Yes. Chuck described this alien race as like wolves. Uh-huh. I swear to God, he said like wolves. He did. <laughs> oh, Chuck. <laughs> you have... Compare things to animals. Oh, Chuck, you have one note, and it is such a boring <sighs> note. Yep. <laughs> Middle C. You fucking table. <laughs> I thought James Hetfield was the table. Mm. Someone will get that. Trust me. <laughs> I could explain it, but it's terrible. I, I, I hope that you're right. I hope for all of our sakes that you're right. <laughs> My bad thing uh, <laughs> yes. was there were a few directorial flourishes that felt a bit much to me. There was a bit where Janeway actually said the line, but who hunts the hunters? And the camera pushes right into her face like, dun, dun, dun. It's like, ooh, wow. Really? Really? It's a, like a, a student horror film? <laughs> I, I think I read, I I swear I think I read on uh, Memory Alpha that that, Bra- that Braga was like super pleased with the directing you, of this. You of, course he, that. of course he fucking was. What a shock. <laughs> I was trying, I've been trying real hard because when he does something nice, I want to praise him and not just diss him. But y- you're right, he did say that. The thing is, when he does something nice, he praises himself too. I've noticed that a lot. Uh, that's a fair point. Now, honestly, sometimes he writes a script that I like where he's like, yeah, this could have used another draft. I'm like, huh, Really? I thought it was actually one of your better yeah. works. But he does character stuff well, usually. Mm-hmm. We've yeah. always said that. It's oh, yeah. his dumb concepts I don't like. But um I mean that's no, why think, him and what, Ron Moore work well so well together, you know? Yeah. Let him come up with the ideas and let the uh, you know Braga contribute like character stuff. Yeah. But um no, I think what he was I, I don't wanna I don't wanna speak for him because I wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> but uh no, I think what he was I'll saying is for, they did I'm, they, I'm Brandon Braga, I talk like this. <laughs> they did a lot of sort of like next level, like raising the bar, like cinematic-y type stuff mm-hmm. in this. And they did pull a lot of it off pretty well, I think. Like, yeah. In terms of I actually believed, I mean, apart from some of the CG that hasn't, hasn't aged well, I really believe they were chasing Alien around and that the, the, there was a big hole in the ship and like yep. a lot of stuff that they don't usually get away with. And I, I can see where he's coming from, but uh, no, some of the camera work was a bit much. Dramatic. Over like melodramatic. Yes, there you go. Dramatic is good. Melodramatic is funny. Yes. But anyway, uh, what else? Uh, let's see. Tony Todd, awesome. Talks like this. Tony Todd. Uh, yeah, no, none of us. Great ASMR voice. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, oh yeah. I, You've you described ASMR to me a number of times, and I understand that it's a thing, but I can't really relate to it in a sense. Sense, so like I don't, <laughs> I, I have to take your word for it. I don't, mm. I can't tell what a good voice for that is. So. Uh, oh, it would. It's a very good voice. Yeah. That one, well, the the main thing I wanted to. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Oh, the main thing I wanted to talk about with the seven thing though was like the the whole individual thing. I don't think we talked about this yet. No, Just no. Like, no, no. The I, touched her, on it. her argument at the end is essentially you've not let up about me being an individual this whole time. Like, stop thinking in terms of Borg collective stuff and be an individual. So now I have an opinion that isn't yours, and you think it's wrong. Like, Mm -hmm. what do you want from me? (laughs) We want you to understand what it is to be a human right away. Yeah. You you have to completely understand the nuance, the difference between... Thinking for yourself, but acting in the interests of everyone else, and like mm-hmm. that's that's a hard concept for someone who's never had to do that. Yeah, exactly. And I love like, and she's trying so hard. Yeah, she really is. And like, and she really she does, but she she doesn't. Good. She she doesn't roll over either. She stands up for what she's she actually believes. Well, yeah. She's she's 
you know, this is my, this is my human way of thinking. This is my way of thinking and I am a human. So therefore it is valid. Well, and she's also got that Borg superiority yeah. thing, like just ingrained in her, right? Where it's like, no, I know what's right. best because yeah, I used to that. have a billion people yeah. speaking to back me up. And, and between that and Kate constantly telling her that, no, your thoughts are important. Mm-hmm. You, what you think is important. Like yeah. she's been building it up too. In yeah. A way. And so the the double whammy of that. But also, I think Jerry Ryan plays it really well because I, I mentioned this briefly before. She seems conflicted. Mm-hmm. She seems like I made my stand and I stand by what I did. But on the other hand, this is this woman is maybe the person whose opinion I care, like the only person whose opinion I actually care about. Yeah. And I've just upset her. And uh, that kind of sucks. I don't know how to deal and with this. It, yeah. it was a nice it was genuine inner conflict between. I had to make a tough choice, and I, it sucks, but mm-hmm. I did the right thing. I like that. Yeah. There's this there's this little moment, I think, in the middle uh, where they beam over the Shredder face alien, and Jane, uh, Janeway tries to make it into a little teachable moment for Seven, and she says, see, we, we, we brought him over and nothing bad has happened, mm-hmm. and Seven's like, yet. Yeah. So- <laughs> Have you seen Star Trek? <laughs> yeah, you were right this time. <laughs> Yeah, look, it's this. Yeah, it's that's only that's fifteen minutes into the episode, and you beamed over a dangerous alien. I'm sure it's all going to end fine. Yeah, this won't come back up. Yeah, that's some. That's some. Yeah, that's some good level sass stuff uh-huh. right there. That's a, that's no, there was, and it was really, really sassy. Sentence. My my yeah. favorite conflict is when two characters come from completely relatable. Like you don't have to agree with them, but you see where they're coming from. Yeah. And they're both oh, absolutely. they're both coming from valid directions, and they they are brought into conflict. You don't have to make one of them wrong or bad. I think that's what Gene was always scared of with conflict. No, you you give them good points of view, and then you bounce them against each other and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what happened here, and I liked it. This whole episode, I for the most part was siding with Seven. That's yeah, fair. no, me too. I she's not. Wrong. I don't know what that says about me. Like, but none no. of this <laughs> none of this would have happened if they hadn't if they just left that fucking ship alone. Yeah, but that's not the Starfleet way. You know that it's true. I, I know, I know, but I don't know how well I would do in Starfleet. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Thinking like a early 21st century human, you know, like you're not you're not an enlightened future man. No, look, as no. as your average uh, 21st century jerk, like, yeah, I don't want to help. No, the we're aliens. all total jerks. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I would do because I do genuinely side bet- with the compassionate stuff. But on the other hand, I, you got to be practical about it. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Well, see, I don't think that, I don't think that, it's not that she was being uncompassionate to the alien, she was being compassionate, she was trying to save her shipmates, yeah. because she was sure if they brought that alien over, people were going to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's, that's a big if, whereas Kate's like, can we just send this guy home, and then deal with it later? Mm-hmm. Like that's In Seven's you know. in Seven's personal experience, lots of people are going to die if you mess with this yeah. alien. I, like, I don't, I think... I don't. I, I think they could have trusted species, whatever, mm-hmm. and just send him home. I do think that would have created a new problem with the Herogen, though. So, oh yeah. So like even I agree. With even that. if it would have ended with with the one thing, it still would have kept going with the other. So yeah, they still would be in danger. Yes. So I I don't know. For a second, when when Seven started working on the panel, I was like, oh, she's gonna open up a rift and send him home. Oh no, that's not what she did. Nope, sure not. all right anything else um my last point we have seven in the space suit for the first time just going i don't understand this uniform it does not cling perfectly to the contours of my body what is happening (laughs) what is this concept you speak of called bagginess this is this is not hourglass shaped i don't understand what what's happening (laughs) how could i i'm invisible You can't well, see I better, my body. I better, do some, I better do some serious acting if I want to be taken seriously. It's true. <laughs> All right. Anything else, Tidra? Oh. I just have a note here that says, you're grounded, Seven. <laughs> That's how it felt. Mm-hmm. And again, I hope they stick with it. Yep. But it definitely felt that way. Yep. Yep. All right, that's all for this time. Tidro, would you like to tell the fine people about your crafts and your wares and how to get your crafted wares? Yes, plug your awesomeness for the people. I make... Please do. Thank you. I make soap and devil horns for your soaping and Halloween needs, and you can look at them and purchase them at um, 
bunnybubbles.etsy.com. And I do have some Star Trek soaps and some pop culture mm-hmm. soaps and then just some pretty soaps. So, um, the excellent gift giving opportunities. Yes. Also, uh, not not just Halloween, but also cosplay. Like there's yes. there's also that. Oh yeah, I can do I can do custom horns of of various sizes. Oh, the Homestucks were all about you for a bit there. Yeah, I had to stop making those because I can't deal with those people. <laughs> Well, you know, they literally rip. They rip me off more than oh, millennials. Man, fuck you, what are you gonna fucking do? Homestucks. Yeah. Don't rip off my Hashtag friend. Hashtag teen. Ugh. Yeah. Get off. Get off uh, <laughs> Tedros' lawn. It was. Yeah, I didn't like that. No, that's so, not great. No, but no, I, but, you know, I can still make lots of interesting horns. Yes. yes, absolutely. So, so please yes. check that out. Okay, that that's all for this time. Uh, next time, Brian will be joining us. Yeah. So look forward to that. And we will be doing an episode that I've read the description of and sounds pretty terrible. But then again, the season has been a pleasant surprise, so maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. All right. One can hope. <laughs> all right. Good luck. Thanks. Yes, good luck. See you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2016. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this.